Welcome, everybody, to today's edition, new episode of Free or Two Sports Talk. We are Average Joe Nation. Today, we've got both Ty and Jeff and myself, Ben Hatch. We're all on today. Ty, Thank Jeff, you. how's it going? Good. How are you doing? It's good to have the boys back. Oh, yeah. And this oh, band's yeah. back together. Yeah, we've. I feel like we've all been kind of busy with different family stuff going on. I had a few fed few weddings a few weeks ago um ty had some family stuff going on last week it's it's crazy that it's not even like christmas time or thanksgiving but it, we're all busy it just seems like a crazy time of year <laughs> yeah been a weird year <laughs> all over the place except for the lakers and dodgers i mean yeah. i mean <laughs> that's been pretty good well that maybe that's why it's so weird is because for once the dodgers and <laughs> <laughs> let's go Dodgers <laughs> so let's jump right into it um, our first topic today is the Dodgers winning their first World Series since 1988 it's the second championship in the city of LA in the last two weeks with LeBron city of champions yeah <laughs> LeBron and Anthony Davis they won the NBA finals about two weeks ago uh, this past week Justin Turner, our favorite boy, Justin Turner, Mookie Thank Betts, you. Clayton Kershaw. They all got rings. Yeah. Put a ring on it. Jeff, it's your <laughs> team. How do you feel about how was How nice was that, having the Dodgers win? World oh, it was awesome. I think the best part was watching Clayton Kershaw in the dugout right like the moment that Julio Rios threw that strike, like you just saw it hit him. Like, you know, he started crying and I started crying and Megan started crying. And I mean, I, I, was, I wasn't really crying, but Megan might have just because she's pregnant. So um, I wasn't crying either. Don't worry. You weren't crying. <laughs> I thought you would have been crying because of how disappointed you were. But what can you do? <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was. It was super exciting to watch. It was an up and down series. I felt like the Rays kind of made the mistakes and the Dodgers let them do it. Uh, they had Snell that was pitching like a madman for, you know, five and a half innings. And then you get one guy on base and they, they yanked the chain. Um, and then, uh, which was kind of interesting. I mean, analytics show that you, your pitcher should not see hitters three times so after that guy got on base Mookie Betts was up and that was that would have been the third time Mookie Betts faced him so they sat Snell down they brought in a new guy I don't remember his name he threw like 10 pitches and it changed the outcome of the game they were up 2-1 at that point and uh, it went on and finished it off yeah you brought up the analytics part which there's been a lot of talk about whether the Rays should have let um, Snell continue pitching. I kind of feel like based on how he looked and how he was pitching, I feel like even though it would have been a third time around, I thought he was looking fantastic. And I would have left him in just, you know, based on gut. Yeah. Um, 
he was the the best pitchers on the Dodgers were 0 for 6 against him so far in the game. I think all six being strikeouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, sometimes you got to follow the analytics, and the third time around, they see something different. They kind of get used to what he's throwing, but uh, man. Ty, what did you think? I thought that that was a bad, bad move by the Rays. I think they should have left Snell in. So, like, I mean, I didn't watch the game, but I did listen to a little bit of it. But I think that he was doing pretty well. And I know like the analytics and stuff, but I feel like that's kind of a flawed thing, a flawed, uh, flawed area in, in sports. Like there's obviously there's there's variations and you can't take into into account, you know, it, it was game six or game seven of the world world series you know a guy is going to be he's going to be feeling it you know and like that he's going to have like that that adrenaline going and he's, he's going to want to just pitch as long as he's able to and i feel like if they would have left snell in that could have changed the outcome of the game but it's it's hard to say but um but uh but i gotta give credit to la like they like they're a good team best team money can can buy so. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh, I've got to say. Little known fact. Little known fact is the Dodgers, other than Mookie Betts, do not owe very much money to anyone. I mean, they they don't have the highest payroll as far as I know. I think it's the Yankees. Yeah. So, little known fact. Just want to point that out. <laughs> they, they do have one of the higher payrolls, I believe. Um, yeah. But... From my knowledge, the Dodgers still have a lot of rookies that are on contracts, and their yep. rookies are, are really good. Cody um, Bellinger, they're young yeah. guys. I think Urias is still on a, on a rookie deal. I think I could be wrong about this, but I think Walker Bueller still could be too because he's pretty young. Probably. So that's a lot of production for not having to pay a lot of money. And then who's, the, who's their redheaded pitcher? The oh, uh, Dustin. Yes, 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 Dustin. yes. Yes, I freaking love his hair. I'm gonna grow my hair out to match him, just so you guys know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I looked it up. The Dodgers are the second highest. Second highest. Yeah, exactly. We're not the highest, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good you. Second. <laughs> still stand by by what i said but (laughs) (laughs) hey if you've got the money what can you do (laughs) and and that's the crazy part is for so many years the dodgers have been trying and trying and trying and i don't i should have looked this up but they have won the nfc west or not nfc the nl i'm i'm jumping ahead to our uh, nfl discussion in a little bit but the nl west i believe that they've won the nl west division title for like something ridiculous like eight years in a row or something they've made it multiple world series multiple playoff appearances they've looked really really good and they just haven't been able to pull it off until this year so they come up short to the cheaters i mean what can you say Well, like, I, I will say that one thing I'm really, I, I was really ha- happy for LA because they got to actually win it and there was no one to interfere with them this time because I felt like they should have won it last year. 
they probably should have been yeah. given it after they, they found out that the Astros were were che- cheating. But I, I mean, like, I, I'm not an LA sports fan, but I'm, I, but I was happy for him though. It was good to see guys like, um, like, 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 uh, What's the pitcher's name in the game? Space Kershaw. I think he's he's a good he's a he's a good good guy and he's he's done a lot for that for that for that organization and so I I was happy for for him and for the other guys to get um, to get one so yeah that was a big monkey off of his back to be able to get that ring so yeah being a Arizona sports fan I feel like. I've seen a lot of great players, great MVPs that just haven't gotten over the hump of winning a title. So, I mean, I am not an LA fan, Um, you know, being a Phoenix in Arizona. We know, Ben, we know. I feel like like I'm not allowed to like any LA teams because we're always in the same division. Yeah. And playing against each other in almost every sport um but i mean that's awesome for clayton kershaw especially um he's just put so much time in been such a great pitcher for so many years and finally got the ring Finally got the ring but that's not what everybody's talking about that's the unfortunate part that's that's the weird part is like minutes after they won it was announced not like publicly announced but reported that justin turner had tested positive for COVID 19 and they correct me if I'm I'm not getting the story right, but they found out that he tested positive in the second inning and communicated that to the Dodgers. He got pulled out in the eighth inning. And then after the game is over, he's um, on the field wearing a mask, sometimes not wearing a mask over his mouth and kissing his wife and around all these other players. Ty, what did you think? I thought that was really weird. I thought I was like, because I had heard that he got that he had it, and I saw all these like pictures of him, like like you said, kissing his wife and running around, and he was like high fiving guys, giving him hugs and stuff. And so it's like he's acting like he really, uh, like, like he just was kind of like it, he was ignoring what the league had told him and what his managers had been t- telling him. And I've been listening to like some like reactions to that after the game. And there was someone was saying that he was told, I think not once, but twice that he needed to stay in the clubhouse. But he just was like, nope, I'm celebrating, which part of me, like I get, I I mean, like I get get that. Like you want to celebrate at the World Series, you want to play, you want to celebrate with your team. I understand, but it's like, you also kind of have to have the smarts to be like, okay, well, I just tested, I tested positive. So maybe I should just sit in here for a little bit and I can celebrate with the guys later after I figure out like what's, what's going, going on. But I don't know, just kind of a weird thing all around. So. From what I heard and I could be wrong too, maybe there's something that's come out that I haven't heard of. I heard he found out about it in the middle of the seventh inning or the bottom of the seventh and he was already out on the field and they communicated it to him but they didn't pull him they waited until the inning was over 
And then all of a sudden he just disappeared randomly. All of a sudden he wasn't in the batting lineup or anything. It was super bizarre. But um, yeah, it's a tough one for me. Like I see both sides, you know, Justin Turner, um, eight years ago, he was cut from the Mets, I believe. And, and the Dodgers took a chance on him and brought him in. And he turned into an all-star player. And after this year, he's going to be a free agent. So who knows if the Dodgers are going to bring him back or if he's going to go to a different club. Um, so, yeah, it sound, he tests positive. And um, it's, from what it sounded like, and we don't know, we didn't get the consensus from the entire Dodgers team. But, you know, hearing from Mookie Betts and Corey Seager when they were interviewed, they talked about how it didn't bug him at all, that they were like, he's the guy who's who's carried this team and he's helped us out so much. He should be out here celebrating. Don't have a problem with that. The thing that did get me was the mask part of it. I mean, for a picture, yeah, if you're just going to pull it down real quick, take a picture so they can see your face, whatever. Right. But there were a couple instances where he's out on the field not wearing a mask. I'm like, eh. if I was one of the teammates – I probably would have been cool with it, but I would have been like, all right, everybody's going to mask up. We're going to, you know, do this smart. Cause you know, he, I mean, that's so hard to say you congratulations. You won the world series. Now don't go, don't be around anybody, you know, self-isolate for however many days or whatever. Don't, don't go out and don't kiss your wife. And you know, that's tough. So I, I, I kind of see both sides of of the coin with this one. I absolutely do too. One thing that I've thought about multiple times, um, and I agree with both of your points. One thing I've thought about is it was, it took so long to get baseball started between the players organization and the owners. And what was the main issue? COVID. Mm -hmm. I mean, and mainly it was salary related. Um, because, you know, no stands in the fans is going to cut um, revenue by a ton. But the players are like, I'm, we're the ones that are going to be out on the field. We're the ones that are going to be playing. We're the mo- ones most vulnerable and set up to get COVID and get sick. And who knows what will happen with the players that do get sick. And that battle took so long for them to finally agree, all right, here's what we're going to do. You know, here's the salaries. We're going to play baseball. Let's go. I don't think it looks very good on the players association organization, Mm -hmm. you know, because they, if a bunch of positive tests come of this, um, especially like family members of the Dodgers that were on the field or, you know, other people helping on the field after the game, that's not a very good look for the players organization. Another argument I've heard, too, is, okay, he was out there playing through the game. He was in the dugout. He's high-fiving. He's probably spitting his seeds on the floor, bubble gum, or whatever. More than likely, the worst damage had already been done just from that. Right. I mean, him being out on the field, yeah, probably not the smartest idea, but – I mean, it wasn't, for the most part, in super close proximity to people. They're out in a wide open field. They weren't, you know, down in the dugout like earlier. So it's just another argument I've heard. 
It's, it's a tough situation. Obviously, you know, I think a lot of people see both sides of it. Um, you know, you want to be happy for the guy. You want him to be able to celebrate, but it's tough, tough, tough. So Jeff, you got two championships in the city of LA. You think yeah. there's another one coming in the Rams? They're going to get the triple crown. <clears throat> do I think it's possible? Yes, I do. Do I think it's likely? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, like I say, the Rams play in the freaking toughest division in football. So just to get to the playoffs itself is going to be a huge battle. I mean, you do have that extra slot, the seventh seed this year, but I don't know. It's going to be a battle. If they can fight their way through and somehow, I mean, they've got the defense that can shut any team down and keep uh, their offense in the game. So I think it's possible, but I'm going to lean towards no. I'm looking at the standings right now of the NFC West. Seattle is five and one. Arizona and the Rams are both five and two. And San Francisco is four and three. Um, there's still a lot of division games to play still. Seattle has only played one division game against my Arizona Cardinals and lost to my Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Cardinals are 2-0. and They've beaten the 49ers and the Seahawks. Um, the Rams have only played one division game. Do you know who that was against? That was the 49ers. 49ers. So they lost to the 49ers. They lost to the 49ers. Yep. So then the 49ers have lost to the Cardinals and won against the Rams. Ty, if you were to rank the NFC West teams, give us your top three. Man, that's hard. Uh, it's like, I, <laughs> I think that, that is so hard. It is. I think that every single one of those teams can make the play playoffs this year. So that's, that's hard. But I guess if I had to say, I would rank, the Seahawks first, then then the Car- Cardinals, and then the Rams. The on the on the San Francisco for the, the San Francisco Forty Niners have just been have been decimated by all by all these in, in injuries, and I just think it's gonna like, I mean, it already has made a huge difference on their year, but I think it's gonna continue to make an impact because as they. Um, keep playing all these divisional games they just don't have the guys to keep up with the rest of the world rest of the teams in the division so i think that you know they're like they're just the odd one out this year you know they're they're still a good team but they're just i don't know i just i, I just feel like those, those 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 three teams are just are much much better at this point and have have a lot more going going for it for them at this point too so yeah Jeff, how do you rank them? I'm the same with you, Ty. I've got Seattle one. Um, right now, I've got a tie at two. I've got Arizona and Los Angeles at two. I can't decide who is better than the other team. Just because, you know, I look at the Cardinals schedule. They look they lost to Carolina, right? Yes. Carolina. Which is, which, I'm trying to remember who, who else there lost. Who was their other loss? I can't remember either. But Carolina in my eyes that's that's kind of a bad loss right now just with Definitely. I mean looking at Carolina's record and then I look at the Rams their loss to the 49ers was a bad loss too um so I don't know they're kind of and the crazy thing is the Rams and Cardinals won't play until 
mid to late December, and then again in January. So it's going to be a while before we actually see those two teams duke it out on the field. Um, so I don't know. And then obviously 49ers. And the crazy thing is, there's a possibility, a very slim possibility, but that all four teams could make the playoffs. Like, how crazy is that? Like, if each team, you know, went one and one against all the other teams in the division and then took care of business outside of the division from here on out, you could see all four teams in the playoffs. I feel like you would need a lot of help in the other divisions. Um, I feel like in the other divisions, you'd have to have a big gap between the winner of the division and then the next team. Because if there's another division race that's close, um, probably one of those teams is going to take the spot. But it's crazy. It's crazy. And I think part of it is that there's still so much division play left. Yeah. Um, like, I think I told it, uh, totaled it up, and I think there's six division games still to play uh, within the division. And so I think, I don't know, it's either going to get more muddled or, yeah. you know, whatever, <laughs> or it's going to get, you know, there's going to be separation. There'll be a clear cut. Yeah. And I don't know. The Cardinals lost a close one to Detroit. It's 26. Detroit. Yeah, that was the other one. Um, I think – but then I look at the Rams too, and I don't really know who the Rams are yet either. Because four yeah. of their five wins are against the worst team, the worst division in football. And then you had a t- close loss to Buffalo, which is a pretty decent team. Beat the Bears. Do we know the Bears are good or not yet? Not really. So who knows? I mean, there's still so much more to be played out on the field. Well, and there might be a, a chance that all four of them could because the NFC East is so bad that I think the NFL would be smart to keep, just keep them all out of the play, playoffs. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Do we really want to <laughs> None of them deserve to be in. <laughs> Do we really want to see a losing, uh, an Eagles team with a losing record on the play, playoffs? I don't think so. So Six and 10 Philly. <laughs> <laughs> fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> and the interesting thing, at least – I'm sure there's more examples, but from my memory, when the Cardinals made it to the Super Bowl in um, the 2008 season, their division was supposed to be really bad because they were the division winners, I think, and they were eight and eight, but they made it to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, we still have like two months left of regular season football. So maybe a team just kind of gets going um towards yeah. the end of the season maybe makes one of those wild card spots or or clinches a division and then just blows other teams away hmm. that'd be interesting right. but it ain't gonna be anybody from the nfc east <laughs> <laughs> i can guarantee that right now <laughs> um speaking of some of my favorite teams we're gonna get Round two of the seven seconds or less Suns in Brooklyn Nets uniforms. Um, <laughs> Brooklyn Suns. Brooklyn Suns. Um, <laughs> about a month ago, I think, Steve Nash was hired as the Brooklyn Nets um, head coach. 
there was a lot of stuff that was kind of said around that time from Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving about uh, it's going to be more of like a collaborative effort. You know, we don't necessarily need a strong personality at head coach to kind of lead us. Disrespectful. Yeah, especially to the two-time MVP Steve Nash. <laughs> Same, man. Um, but since then, Steve Nash has hired Amari Stoudemire, um, Udo. I think I'm getting his name right. He's a, I think he's been a longtime assistant with San Antonio. So under Craig Popovich, obviously probably going to have a lot of respect. And then the other day they hired Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> um, so, it's just too good to be true. I'm sorry. It's just too good to be true. <laughs> One, I think it's smart by Steve Nash. He's hiring a lot of experience around him. He's totally. got a lot of head of coach experience within his circle. It's going to be able to really help him. Um, well, just as an example from for success, you look at the Lakers. They've got Jason Kidd on as an assistant. Never yeah. is like, oh, you're hiring another head coach to be your assistant. That's not going to work. He's going to want to say his thing, and nobody's going to agree. But I mean, that worked out. So who's to say it couldn't work out for Brooklyn? Yeah, I don't know. The Nets. I'm really not a huge fan of the Nets, or haven't been before. I'm not the biggest Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant fan, but I think they might have jumped to my second favorite team now. I'm really <laughs> this team, mostly for like Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire to get rings. Mike D'Antoni too. Um, I feel like there was a, definitely at least one year that they should have gotten a ring from their run together in Phoenix, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm just really interested to <clears throat> how the Nets, like their team looks this year, because this last year when it was just, when it was Ky- Kyrie, out there running the on the show that was really just him like everyone else like underperformed around Mm -hmm. him and so I think in order for them to be good I think yeah like it helps to have like solid guys like that as on on field like to coach them I think they need like some solid guys in there with Durant and and Kyrie so I'm really interested to see how the offseason goes for them I think that that that's a huge selling point in free agency so yeah, and the Nets, it's weird because the Nets seem to do what Boston did with Kyrie, you know. They seem to almost elevate when he was on the bench hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all, all the players that, you know, that when they went into the bubble and everything, they, I mean, they played as well as they could for what they had. But they so I'll be curious to see if maybe Kevin Durant and Kyrie can maybe figure that out and, and uh, maybe make a run. And I kind of feel like from the bubble, um, I didn't really, I don't know if I watched a single second of the Nets before the bubble, but I saw a few of their games in the bubble. Karis LeVert, I feel like LeVert. a rising star. He Holy. was really impressive to me. Um, I don't know, maybe he kind of becomes that third star on the team. Um, but... I don't know. I have my anxieties, my worries about how Kyrie and Kevin Durant are going to follow kind of Steve Nash. I, Steve Nash was in Golden State as like a shooting specialist or something um, a few years ago. So I think Kevin Durant and Steve Nash are on a good, on a good page together. Hmm. We'll see though. 
We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, the real test is going to come if, you know, when they have a little losing streak of a couple games. Um, if, you know, the coach starts getting blamed or if KD and Kyrie start butting heads or that's, mm-hmm. you know, that'll be the real test. Yep. I mean, you look at, you look at the Clippers and they were, they were, you know, combining Paul George and Kyrie or Kawhi Leonard, they were supposed to be like clear cut favorites to be contenders for the championship. And they kind of exploded and fell apart. Oh, darn it. Um, yeah bummer bummer those clippers <laughs> I, I also better luck next that, year just a small side note for that i don't know how ty ty Lue was gonna fix that problem but <laughs> we'll see <laughs> he just won't coach <laughs> <laughs> that's what he did in cleveland he just kind of okay lebron you go for it buddy yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in other surprising news this this week, um, the Miller family has sold the Utah Jazz to Ryan Smith. Um, the Miller family's been in the Jazz for years, 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 years. Their whole history, Ty? Um, so it was someone okay. else. I forget the guy's name. He, he brought them from New Orleans to Utah, but sold them a couple years later to Larry, to Larry Miller. So... Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy that the Miller family is no longer involved with the jazz. Ryan Smith, the Qualtrics founder and owner is taking over. Um, seems like there's a lot of hype. Um, a lot of hype around Ryan Smith. A lot of people I think are really excited for him to take over as an owner. And I think there's a lot of excitement that the jazz are going to do good things and continue to be a good team. Jazz, you're the long time, or Ty, you're the long time jazz fan. What do you think? Think it's going to turn out well? So I, uh, I have mixed emotions about it. Like on the one hand, I'm really, really excited for some new blood, some new blood, to, to be in the jazz, the jazz organization. I think that it's, it's something that they needed. That I think that not that the Millers like weren't doing the best jobs. I think that they were doing awesome. I think that they, they knew what to do and what to expect. But I felt like they um like with the jazz they only want to bring in a certain type of of player you know like the joe ingles or or the mike con con conley's like the guys who are really good guys but you know they're like getting up there in age and like they, they've had their times but like they just they're maybe not the best players now and that's one thing that i'm really excited excited and uh, about with 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 Ryan Smith is that maybe he'll be a little bit more or he'll be more aggressive with getting players on on the team you know that like that that he knows that can help that can help the team and I think that he has he has uh, a little bit more um, more money to spend when it comes to that kind of, kind of thing I don't think he's afraid to spend money when it comes to that kind of thing too so I felt like the Millers were kind of like that at times but um but yeah, I like I, I on the other hand too, I have a lot of respect for for the for, for the Millers and they they've done a lot of good not, not not only for the Jazz but just here in the state. They 
like like they're uh, I don't know they they just done a lot uh, they done they done a lot for it um, and I just think that it's it's weird to not have them with the Jazz anymore, but I don't know I think it's also it's it's really it's it's really exciting exciting and it's a new era for for the Jazz, so. I think part of it's really exciting because obviously Ryan Smith is very, as a fan, has been very invested in the jazz. Um, you can tell that he's really passionate about the jazz instead of just some kind of random person from, I don't know, New York coming and buying the jazz, you know, just as a, for investment and financial purposes. Um, I think that'll be kind of cool. Jeff, you might have a little bit more of an insider's or an outsider's point of view, not being a jazz fan. Any thoughts on on this move? Uh, did they get LeBron? Did they get AD? <laughs> <laughs> Don't matter that. Yeah, that, was, that was funny. <laughs> but no, I, I think I think it's a good move, especially for Utah jazz fans, because you know uh, Ryan Smith, he's a BYU alum, right? Yep. So you don't really have to worry about him necessarily trying to move the team to another city or something silly like that. So, you know, that means they'll stick around for, for longer. You didn't really worry about that with the Millers either, but, you know, when a new buyer comes in, you never know with that. So That's what I was going to say is that it's real, it's going to be really good for that. That, that. that means that they'll stay in the state because I think if they would have sold mm-hmm. like what Ben was saying, like an outside outsider from who just – who just buying them just for like just to add to his his uh his portfolio or whatever he would probably move the, on the jazz but since he's from the state has lived in the state most of his life he's a byu alum i think that that, that they'll st- stick around and that's something that i'm really excited about is to have like because i remember back in the days of like carl malone and john john Stott, stockton like um, Larry would get k- kicked out of games for yelling at the refs and stuff. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm really excited to, to see that again. So. <laughs> get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've had a lot of um, exciting college football games in the last couple of weeks. Indiana bringing the upset last week. Um, Pac-12 is starting this coming week. Uh, we're recording on Halloween, so it is a Saturday, college football Saturday, but we're talking about next Saturday when the Pac-12 starts. One of the top matchups, ASU versus USC. This game is in um, South California. Um, Ty, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on the Pac-12? What are your thoughts on ASU, USC? So I think it'll, it'll be a really good, good, good game. Um, the Pac-12 is really interesting this year because I don't feel like there's a clear-cut team that's like, oh yeah, like they're, they're gonna win it. I know a lot of pe- people like, I like the Ducks, um, to take take it, um, but I think that losing the losing Justin Her the, the losing Justin Herbert was really big. They lost they lost a few guys to the to the, to the NFL. Um, and guys that, that opted out of the season two. So I think that the Pac-12 race will be really interesting to watch. Um, I think ASU is a good team. Like they, like, I think Herm, that Herm Edwards has, has a lot of good, good things going. Like people laughed when he was, when was, was taken on there. 
and I was always like, I don't know, like maybe he'll, he'll, he'll do good. And I think that he's done a really good, good, good job there. And I like what, what he's doing. And I, I don't know if I feel the same about, about Jeff's USC, USC, USC. Right on. Right on, baby, let's go. Let's go. But I don't know, like this is like, I think that the ASU, USC game should be really good. But I gotta go with Ben's guys. The, the sus- <laughs> gotta go with with ASU. Fork um, forks up, baby. Forks up. <laughs> Fork you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, this is gonna be a really good game. I'm excited to see what USC can do against Arizona State. They've got a little bit of a rivalry going on. They're calling themselves down there ASU the the Southern or the Southern California Devils. No, they've, recruited, no. they've recruited a bunch of uh, guys from the LA area. They've got no, a bunch of coaches been... that have coached at USC, so it'll be interesting. There's been a lot of smack talk going on. USC actually did something really interesting a couple of days ago. They signed with um, they created Boulevard Studios, which is a huge recruiting advantage. Um, it's an agency to help players when the name, image, and likeness stuff, you know, happens where they can get paid for that. Um, it'll help them be able to get their brand out there, and especially being in the city of L.A., that could be big time. So, But as far as this game goes, I'm going to take my boys. Can't pick against them, but I'm going to take them in a close game um maybe like a seven point win jeff i'm thinking that um organization they're gonna have to change that to boulevard of broken dreams after all Uh, (laughs) unsuccessful and don't make it Uh, but no i obviously i'm a big sun devil fan um kind of like i did you say Seminole or Sun Devil? Sun Devil. Oh, I thought like Florida State Seminoles. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was kind of like Ty. I was like, Herm Edwards, why are they hiring him? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's done some good things with the program. They have uh, Marvin Lewis, who was the Bengals. I think it was the Bengals' former head coach. He's their defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Um, they've got a pretty good head or coaching staff. Um, I don't know. I feel like they're on the rise. Part of me is partial to USC's quarterback, Keaton Slovis. He's from Scottsdale, Arizona. He worked out with my boy, Kurt Warner, I think. Warner. I think Kurt Warner was like his offensive coordinator in high school or something, I heard. Yep. It's really disappointing to see local boys of the valley uh, <laughs> not up to the the land, but uh, la la land, la la land. I think for me, I think there's a lot of concerns about which team is going to come out hot. It'll be the first game for both of these teams um, without like any kind of preseason games. This is like, I think teams are still going to try and have a hard time figuring things out. Um, so I think it kind of could be up to either one. I'd like to say my Sun Devils, but 
I'm going to go ahead and say I think SC is going to win. I don't know. Wow. I just think it's close. Wow. Ben. Wow. You know, I'm I a fan, just, but I, I have never. I'm wow. realistic. You're I'm realistic. realistic. Okay. Okay. Me too. Um, one of the other big matchups this coming weekend BYU versus Boise State probably BYU's most difficult opponent um, maybe all season both the games that they have played and the games left on the schedule Boise State always seems to be a tough matchup um Where's this game at, Ty? Is it uh, at BYU? Is it in Boise State? No, oh, it's up there. It's up in Boise. It'll be on the blue. The blue turf. The Smurf turf. Smurf turf. Smurf turf. What are your thoughts, Ty? What? Well, first, I think that some of the mystique of the Smurf turf will be taken away because there won't be any fans. And I think that's part of why it's so hard to um, to go play, play up there is because they have they're really they're really wild fans and they pack that on the state stadium and they yeah and they like it's really loud loud in there and especially for big games like that so that'll be a big piece like that's missing um i'm really ner- nervous for this game because uh, because Bo- boise state is is definitely the best team that on, the, on, on that we played um and like their court quarterback, um, Bach, um, Bachmeyer. I think Bachmeyer. Um, he's pretty good, and uh, and George and and George Halani, their running back, is a is is really good as as well. Um, their defense is pretty good. Like they're like they like, like they're missing a, a few guys from this last year. Um. But I still like I still like my guys um, to get it, my Cougs. Um, I just think that it's the Zach Wilson revenge tour right now. He hasn't beaten Boise State yet, so I think. It's, and, and and as you guys know, he was once a commit up up there, um, and I think that it's he's just he's 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 just on his on his revenge tour right now, wanting to beat all these teams that he felt like disrespected them, and so. Yeah, I like I like my Cougs to win it. I think it'll be close, but I think that they'll get the W. Jeff, you're a resident uh, Bronco fan. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You you gonna go to the Smurf Turf game? You're gonna be outside the stadium turning on your Boise State Broncos. <laughs> you know it. You know it. No, I mean. This is an interesting game. I don't think we really know much about Boise State yet. They had a win last week against Utah State, and their running back looked pretty sharp. Alani, yeah. I think is what Ty said his name was. I didn't really watch it very very much. I tuned in for a little bit. But the unfortunate thing about all this is that this is going to be BYU's biggest challenge this year. I felt I feel like if BYU would have had a little stronger schedule – you know, I mean, originally they did before COVID hit, then BYU might be taken a little bit more seriously this year. Zach Wilson might have a little bit more respect to his name. Um, but I don't know. It'll be, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens in this one. Last year, both the starting quarterback, Zach Wilson, 
and Hank Bachmeyer were out. Um, so BYU won the battle of the backups. So we'll, we'll have to just uh, wait and see. My prediction is going to be it's going to be a close game. I want Boise State to win, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> but my heart tells me that BYU Hater. is going to squeak one out. Hater. I just don't hate. <laughs> hey, like I said, I got a BYU sucks. They're following me on Twitter, so they must <laughs> know something. Your, your, your reputation now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My hater status. Um, I think for those that don't know, Jeff and Ty and I were roommates um, in college, and I feel like Ty and I are a little bit more on the same page as the teams that we like. Um, I think it's more Ty and I versus Jeff if we were to. <laughs> um, it's everyone. It's the world against Los Angeles. I mean, what, what, it is what it is. We're used to it. All, all in good nature. We like each other. We're, we're really good friends, but um, we do like hating on each other's teams. So it's just part of the fun. Um, I kind of feel like you guys both think this is going to be a close game. I'm going to say BYU is going to win this by two touchdowns. Ooh, I, I, like think, I like it. I like it. I was like, I can, I can roll with that. I can roll with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it will be tough. I always hate when BYU has to go up and play at Boise State. Um, it's always a tough environment. There's not going to be fans like Ty mentioned. It's going to be kind of cold. I looked at the weather. It's going to be a high of like 46 and 60% chance of showers. So we'll see if weather plays a fact, whether coldness or kind of precipitation. But I feel like Zach Wilson and the Cougars are just on a roll right now. I think their offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, probably will not be at BYU too much longer. Um, I think he's just done such a good job, the offensive coordinator position, that he's going to be hired as a head coach. And I think rightfully so. I think he's done a great job. Um, but I think part of that, I think uh, BYU is going to win by two touchdowns. I think it will be a tough game for sure. Um, but I think BYU will kind of pull away. And then after the game, I think Zach Wilson's going to go up to the media and say, I want my ding respect. Yeah. <laughs> because there is the Kalani wants that, his that respect. <laughs> Heisman top. I love that. Um, BYU's actually gotten a lot of attention this week um, in national media. He was on the college football ranking show, I think, on ESPN. Um, Zach Wilson was. He was interviewed, and I think he was on another big time show like Jim Rome or. Mm -hmm something like that. He's done a few interviews this week. I think there's a lot of attention on Zach Wilson. Jeff, are you buying the, the talk that Zach Wilson's a legit first round pick candidate? That's bad news. He's getting all this attention this week. That's bad news. He's going to come in overconfident. Just saying. Just want to point that out. Um, I think the talk is legit. I still am iffy about if he's going to be a first round draft pick or not. Um, like I say, I think he's still ranked fifth on Mel Kuyper Jr.'s big board of quarterbacks, but it depends on the need. You know, there could be a lot of teams out there that are like, okay, we got to go 
draft us a quarterback. So um, I think his value is more early second round, but I mean, he could definitely prove me wrong and finish out this year undefeated and come off of a big New Year's Six Bowl or something and have all the hype train going his way. So who knows? But at this point, to me, he's still uh, early second round. A lot of stuff I'm seeing on Twitter. Um, Zach Wilson is one of the top ranked quarterbacks, not just like yards, not just completion percentage, although his completion percentage is pretty impressive, 78%. Um, and he's thrown for almost 2,000 yards. He'll get that easily today um, against uh, Western Kentucky. Um, Western Kentucky High School. <laughs> They're two and four. They might actually be good. No, I. But it's hard for me to buy in that he's a first-round pick, just because it just doesn't happen to BYU quarterbacks. But I think it, he's pretty legit. He's got a lot of eyes on him. I think a lot of his skills translate to the NFL. I think it's not just that he's just a good college quarterback. Um. I'm going to say I'm buying that, that he's going to be a first-rounder. I, I have to say that when, when, when Jeff's guy, Matt, when, when Matt Liner is – Matt, <laughs> you traitor. Is inviting Zach to, to the Heisman Club, you've got to go with it. So. <laughs> well, as a Cardinal Because Keaton hasn't played yet. <laughs> as a Cardinal fan – Matt Liner liking Zach Wilson is a turnoff for me because Matt Liner <laughs> good as a Cardinal. It's all it was all coaching. He's <laughs> done better with a different coach. Yeah, I hope so. Or a better or a different organization. Yeah. Send him to LA. Send him to LA. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But yeah. I don't know. The hard part with Zach Wilson to me, and you know, I'm a hater, so I gotta say it. This is what all the haters are saying. It, you know, it looks like a varsity team playing JV teams right now. So, yes, he's doing a lot of good, but the hard part is the unfortunate part is the strength of the schedule just isn't there. So, who knows? I mean, maybe they'll maybe they'll have a big time bowl game. Maybe they'll face off against you know a Clemson if they don't make it or now you know and and knock their socks off and prove everybody wrong but right now it's just it, it's hard to say you know that him and BYU that they're an elite elite team to me the saddest part about that <laughs> is because and your point's right on Jeff but I think the sad part about it is that not that it's BYU's like- fault it's not BYU's no, fault. I want to make totally that totally out of BYU's hands. They had a great yeah. schedule lined up. It would have been really fun to see what they could have done with the schedule totally. they originally had. And they just kind of had to get the leftovers yep. um, off the floor from Thanksgiving and just kind of work with that. Um, but, but at the same time, with who they're playing, they're like destroying them. So, I mean, I think there's kind of something to be said there too. But another note I want to add too is that I was at the I was at the BYU Texas State game last week. Oh that, yeah, that, that I was. I, I ended up getting t- tickets at the last minute. 
and it was, it was, it was awesome. But, really? But that, uh, but that one throw from Zach Wilson to Dax Milne, where he threw from the outside hash all the way back across, across his body in the air for 60 yards right at the goal, goal line. That was an NFL throw. So, yeah. No. So, see what you will about the teams that were uh, playing. But to Ben's point, that we're not only beating them, we're destroying them, which we should be doing, which any good team would be doing. So, which you should be. You're do- they're doing what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But, right. They'll got to see it against a good team. So, I agree. All right, boys. Any last words before we wrap up? Go Boise State. (laughs) (laughs) Never thought I'd say that before. No. (laughs) I just got to say. I'll be honest. It changes from year to year. Depends on which fan base is annoying me the most. This year it's BYU's. So I'm going with Boise State. (laughs) Uh, Jeff, a resident wayward fan. Our wayward. Hater, hater. Can't wait for years when LeBron goes to Chicago and you're going to suddenly be a Chicago fan. <laughs> no, all I got to oh, say man. is my Cardinals are looking good. I Did you guys watch that um, game on Sunday against I Seattle? I watched it. I didn't. I, I didn't. Oh, man. That was one of the most intense games. There were like seven, seven different times I thought the Cardinals were either going to lose or win. You know, it was just so up and down. And then I'm just proud of my boys for pulling it off. I think uh, Kyler Murray is showing he's legit. Um, Even though Jeff... Too legit, too quick. But... uh, We will uh, see. We will see. I'm excited. I'm excited. I just... They got to get Larry Fitzgerald a touchdown before the season's over. That Um, that was crazy. I, I tuned in right at the part when it was right just before when Buddha Baker picked off that, that, that pass <laughs> from, from Russell Wilson. I was that like, was he's nice. gone. And then you see, see DK, DK. come out of nowhere, and get him. Yeah. That was insane. It was nuts, but alrighty. Well, boys, treat yourselves good. Have a good time. Yeah. This no, Hopefully, oh, yeah. people drop some Dr. Pepper in your uh, in your kid's basket so you can get some. Yeah, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. I'll be eating some, some, uh, some corn cornbread tonight. Cornbread. Yeah, cornbread. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to our episode of 302 Sports Talk. We are Average Donation. Join us next time.